you took a nasty fall there on the outside after that clothesline. I want to know how you're feeling right now. She's absolutely fine. She certainly seems fine, but I, I believe she could speak for herself. Do your research, Come on. She's good. She's fine. Camille, how are, how are you feeling about this moment, about sharing this moment with Nick? Let me tell you how I feel about it, Joe. I'm the world's champion. We just had a hell of a contest. Let's not take the moment away from Tim. And you can save your clickbait stuff for another day. How about that? And we just can't stop releasing episodes because there's so much goddamn wrestling. Yay! So, I'm Rob, that's Zach, and today we looked at the NWA Power Episode 1 that's available right now on YouTube for free. And uh, that would bring you a review of it and just give our thoughts. So. Yeah. You asked me to look at this. Why? Well, we've recently been looking at uh, AEW, their weekly show. And one of your major complaints was that you didn't know who these people were. Yep. And so I watched NWA Power, spelled with three R's, and I was like, hmm... I think Rob would like this because they do a fairly good job of introducing who these people are either before or after their matches. And that was one of it. The other part was old school wrestling. And I know you're a WWE guy. I'm more of an independent wrestling guy. And this felt more like a uh, old school NWA Slash 80s WWF match yep. matches style. So before we get into NWA, what for newer listeners or people who aren't familiar with the NWA, because really it has no relevance anymore today. In my opinion, it's not, the NWA is not relevant. But give a give a history of the NWA and who owns it, et cetera, et cetera. Well, okay. I mean, the history of the NWA goes back to about 1948. Um, basically, before. The, before, like, the 80s, uh, all over the country there were uh, these small wrestling promotions and people would, wrestlers from all over the place would just travel crisscross across the country um, and work in various places for a little bit and stuff. And there were people who were mainstays and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, in in, like, 1948, they decided, well... We need something that will draw people to, to and so um, we're going to form a, a committee. We're going to decide who's going to be the world champion, and then that world champion will go to each one of our territories, and it will be a big deal. So we ended up with the uh, National Wrestling Alliance that way, um, and it became the biggest wrestling thing for several years in the 60s um 
Capital Wrestling Federation uh, and out of New York split off and became the Worldwide Wrestling Federation, now WWE. And then a couple of other places split off. Um, the AWA in Minnesota split off and stuff like that. So it started to lose power in like the 60s and 70s. By the time the 80s rolled around, it was one of three big places, but it had lost a lot of territory and was mostly in the Georgia and the Carolinas. And then uh, eventually it was taken over and became WCW. Um, the NWA name stayed alive. There was a thing in 1994 up in ECW with uh, Shane Douglas throwing it down and declaring himself the ECW champion. And then the NWA champion was, like, championship was competed for and stuff all throughout that time. We just don't remember a lot of those champions. In more recent years, it's been mostly a higher card independent title. People like Colt Cabana and Adam Pearce mostly holding on to it during that time. And then um, Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins uh, became the owner of the NWA buying it from this guy named Bill Thorpe, I believe his name was. And uh, he, his dream is to make it into a national promotion. He bought this after having some uh, not so nice dealings with TNA impact wrestling. So they mentioned a lot of 605 on Saturday nights. What's all that about? So 605 on Saturday nights was Georgia championship wrestling. And it was one of the um, things that really brought wrestling onto televisions all over the uh, all over the South, basically. Um, Six hundred five, I believe, was also the number for TBS on it, which uh, held uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling, and then later uh, Mid South Championship Wrestling, which then became. Uh, WCW when uh, Ted Turner bought it. Yep. So WC died, WCW died, and NWA just kind of been limping along, just kind of doing their own thing. And uh, a couple years back, there was a big deal with uh, Impact, and the lead singer of Tool. Yes. No, Smashing Pumpkins. Smashing Pumpkins, that's it. Billy Corgan. I don't know why I couldn't remember that for life of me. Uh, Billy Corgan was actually trying to buy Impact and loaned a he bunch did. of money and a bunch of jazz went down. You can go back. Dave Meltzer did a lot of good reporting on it. And just do a Google search for Billy Corgan TNA. There was a lawsuit, all kinds of shit. Well, Billy Corgan ended up buying the NWA, which is just crazy to think about. A rock star by bought the illustrious NWA. I mean, I don't know how much he paid for it. I think it was like something like $2 million. Oh, it wasn't wow. that expensive. Oh, yeah. wow. So, um, and they've had people recently go through. They had Cody Rhodes as NWA champion, um, Nick Aldis. They had a, the match at the first original All-In. Yeah, for the um, NWA title there. Yep. So it was a, I think that's when really the NWA really got back into the to the spotlight with fans because really it seems like a localized thing. 
And even this. Well, I was going I was going to say that they did have something in like uh 2011-2012 with New Japan Pro Wrestling where the NWA title was defended over there for quite a while. Um oh, okay. the, the champion at the time was one Rob Conway. Oh yeah. And then he lost it to uh, Hiroshi Tenzan. And then I think Rob Conway got it back. And then he lost it again to uh, Satoshi Kojima. And then uh, Tenzan and uh, Kojima also won the NWA uh, World Tag Team titles at the same time. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So, basically, now... Uh, this NWA power really wants to bring back the old school feel. They're in Atlanta. They're they're only a block away from they re- where they recorded the original Saturday Night Show, and um, very very eighties looking, but yet with updated graphics. It's an HD, etc. So, uh, yeah. A lot of very talented wrestlers are on the show too. Yep, and some you'll probably know. So, I think this was originally recorded on October 1st, but it was released on YouTube on October 8th, 2019. So, but yes, it's the initial NWA Power episode, and even Billy Corgan said, hey, this isn't sustainable. We need to get this on TV to continue. So, I really wonder how much money they dumped into this, because... Leading up to this, they had video, like, backstage videos. They had a whole really nice, like, decent-looking TV facility uh, just for the technology side of things, you know, for the cameras and all that. And then on top of it, they're renting out the space. They they built it in the homage of what it looked like in the 80s. They've got various national flags hanging up, and it's a very intimate setting. I'd barely only say two or 300 people were there. Yeah, probably. So, um, and I think they really, I really feel like they're really going after the 40 to 50 year olds because they would play this promo package where they must have did it after the fact and they, it'd be older people and they'd be like, oh, I remember going to my, going to the original NWA on Saturday night with my dad and da, 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 and it was like going 30 years in the past, but with newer stars. And yeah, I mean, I'm just like, okay, at, go ahead. At one point, they even had the guy who was like, it's still real yeah. to me, damn it. Yeah, he could have problem, like, man. Was, yeah, I don't know. It was interesting to see him there. Yeah. So we'll see how this goes. Um, This is the first time I've ever watched anything NWA related that's, you know, new. So uh, I had no idea who was on this. I've heard of Nick Aldis just because of the whole all out thing and hearing his name dropped on things like uh, Wrestling Observer Radio, etc., etc. So, Well, you you may also remember him as Brutus Magnus from TNA. Yeah, he was Magnus? Yeah. Oh, God, he's a million times better than. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. So, like I said, the show is located on YouTube, which is free right now. You just literally type in NW Power, and you'll find it. The intro shows wrestlers with a promo shot of them and their name. We then cut to Joe Galley and Jim Cornette as our announcers, and they go over the history of the NWA, 
on the air about the 50s and 60s and the 70s and this and that. They are only a block away from where they recorded the original show. Dave Marquez is the, uh, I don't know if you call it a backstage announcer, it's just a on-air talent? I don't know. He handles all the interviews. Uh, Nick yeah, Aldis. he's kind of like a mean gene. Yeah. Nick Aldis, uh, being the NWA World Champion. Aldis is nearing a year as being NWA Champion. Uh, they zoom in on his belt as he comes out, and there's no nameplate. I was kind of sad about that. The nameplate was empty. I don't, I don't believe that there was a nameplate on the original title either. Oh, well, there was a spot for one. Mm. So, I don't know. He says that it's hard to stay hungry, but he says the NWA has a lot of stars. He puts over the men and women alike. He challenges Tim Storm, and if Storm loses, he never gets another title shot again. So that kind of set up our main event. The first match was the Dawsons versus Sal Rinero and Billy Buck. So the Dawsons are these huge, big, beefy men. Um, yeah, I, this was my first time seeing them. Um, Sal Rinero, though, has been wrestling on the independent circuit for a really long time. I've seen him in other shows. So it's kind of interesting to see him basically be uh, enhancement talent here. Yeah. So both teams are already in the ring. There's no intros. There's no nothing. And they just show a text overlay reminiscent of the 1980s presentation. Mike Posey is the ref. The Dawsons are huge, beefy men. And they do quick tags and hit a double suplex on Sal, who gets a slap on... And he gets a slap and some little bit of offense to get a tag in. He tags in Billy Buck. Buck is thrown around the ring, but the Dawson's double team him and ends with the big squisher, which is the opponent is hung upside down, and then the other Dawson acts as the turnbuckle or the, the, the corner post, and the other Dawson runs in and squishes him, and then the other Dawson will hit a power slam. And or like a front slam, I guess. Uh, so basically, these guys get killed. The finishing move didn't really look good. It needed some work, but uh, they're defeated in quick fashion in a minute forty-five. So I was like, man, well, these guys are, uh, you know, gonna be the ones that go over. So mm -hmm. after the match, the Dawsons get an interview with Marquez. They're there to fight. And anyone who says different is wrong. And they're the people who would bully the people in the crowd for their lunch money. <laughs> so that's... Very 80s. Yes. So that's... That's that. What'd you think? Like you said, it was... Yeah, I mean, it was it was an old school squash match. It was like watching the NWA show from, like, you know, the mid-80s. It was, it was a throwback. So, yep. I don't know. It was It was kind of interesting. Yep, so that was that. I mean, hey, they're big, they're bad, they're scary. We'll see where they go. We get a promotional video from Austin Idol, of all people, and his wrestling school. It looks very 80s. Don't know if that was intentional or not. I think it was. Fits with the vibe. 
UniversalWrestlingCollege.com. I would be hopeful if many of the people applying could still spell universal correctly. <laughs> now, come on, Rob. But he says he can get you out of your, your office job. You can make money. You can start a new career as a professional wrestler. Oh, yeah. We go back. Eli Drake is introduced by Dave Marquez. He puts over Atlanta as NWA country. He says that everyone, everywhere else, there are children in the wrestling business. But in the NWA, there are men who want to be champion. He puts over James Storm, who is the NWA national champion. Uh... He also puts over Nick Nick Aldis as NWA champion. And then he says he's going and he's coming out for them and his time is coming and that's just a fact of life. I, I thought that was a kind of a... Okay. So Eli have Drake... Ever seen Eli, have you ever never seen Eli Drake before? I know he was in NXT, but I didn't really see much. I'm not a big NXT person except like for the TakeOver shows, so... Well, he was also Impact Champion. Yeah, so he was also in TNA. I know that. Did his promo style remind you of anybody? Yeah, Stone Cold. Oh, oh I was going to say The Rock. Oh, uh, well, I guess. I don't know. It just seemed kind of like... At least he wasn't talking in third person, I guess. That's true. But, uh, I guess. So, uh, we get our next match. Eli Drake versus Caleb Coney. Oh, Conley, excuse me. Conley, that's what it is. Conley, yeah. Yeah. Do you know anything about this Caleb guy? I've seen him in a, in a few, I've seen him on other shows, but no, I don't know a lot about him. Okay. So Drake walks from the interview area into the ring where Caleb is already in. This is a one fall match with a 10 minute time limit. So, a shoulder block early by Drake. But Conley gets a two quick roll-ups for twos. Uh, he hits a monkey flip, and then a uh, but Drake comes back with a flying reverse neckbreaker on Conley. He then hits a big swinging DD, uh, big swinging neckbreaker uh, for a two. Conley got the advantage early with you know his speed, but Drake now has the match in hand. Uh, but out of nowhere, Conley hits an enziguri. And then a huge cross kick to the head. And then a twisting body splash onto Drake. Conley goes for a springboard moonsault. But Drake gets his feet up and he hits the gravy train for the win at about six minutes. Yeah, and, and for those of you who don't know, the gravy train is uh, basically an air raid siren or a kryptonite crunch. Yep, uh, and that's actually what happened. I was actually timing out these matches on my stopwatch on my iPhone and I couldn't understand what he called the move. So I stopped it and went and Googled it and went, ah, shit. I forgot to turn my damn stopwatch off. So I don't know exactly how long this went, but four twenty. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. Well, I figured something like six. I don't know. Anywho, that was that, I guess it was a good. Okay. Match back and forth. Uh, Conley got some good looking offense. Drake was there. Did his moves and won. Yeah. Just another match. 
A promo package shows what led up to the main event for tonight. We'll get into that more later on. Basically, it was a promo at Wrestling from Hollywood, Florida, uh, where they where uh, Nick Aldis challenged Tim Storm originally. I thought his name was Joe Leafus. No, it's Josephus. It's Josephus. One word. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Oh, here I was typing as Joe Cephas, like as two. Oh, okay. Well, this crazy guy comes running <laughs> out. He looks a lot like Bruiser Brody. And I he, thought he looked like Eugene. Or that. And he yells, I want Tim Storm. And he's taking the headset, he's yelling in it, he's just yelling and screaming that he wants Tim Storm. So they cut to a commercial. They come back from commercial, and the guy's now got the house mic, yelling in a very high-pitched, I want James, or uh, Joe, or fucking Tim, or whatever this guy's fucking name is, Tim Storm. I want Storm. Wah, wah, wah. And it's getting to the point where it's like fucking annoying. So Storm <laughs> comes out. But it's not Tim Storm. It's M-Effin' James Storm, as he calls himself. Sorry about your damn luck. James Storm says that he is the only Storm that he needs to worry about. He runs down Josephus, saying he's a pretend wrestler. He should go back to his office job. Calls him a joke. So then the refs come running down to separate the two as they start brawling. And basically almost knock over the entire set. The crowd chants, let them fight as they go to another commercial break. So that's all cleared up when we come back. We've got a non-tag team title match with the wild cards who are your NWA tag team champions. Versus Danny White and Mims. Mims sounds like a rap name. It does sound like a rap name. So Danny White is beaten up early. And he then crawls over and tags in Mims. Uh, Tom and the Wild Cards. Tom from the Wild Cards takes turns. Beating down Mims. He takes a huge spear and a clothesline in the corner. A blind tag by da- Danny White. Who was then thrown in the ring. He just gets a pop-up powerbomb applied to him. And then the other guy on the wild card follows up with a bridging German suplex immediately after the powerbomb. And they get a very decisive victory at 2 minutes and 7 seconds. Another squash match, I guess. Because even, even Jim Cornette was like, I would put my money on the wild cards. Yes. So, that was that. Eh, it was okay. No one really... Uh, basically, I think it was just a quick... Hey, here are our tag champions. The... the Danny White and whatever didn't get a... Snowball's chance in hell for any offense. No. The wild cards cut a promo, putting themselves over. And out walks Eddie Kingston. Kingston... Yay! I don't know who this guy was. I was like, I've heard of the name. I was like, okay. He walks out. He's wearing a rosary on his neck. Or something. I don't know. 
He walks out, he puts over the tag titles, and he puts over the wild cards. But then he gets in the face of the wild, uh, they, the wild cards get into the face of Kingston, and Homicide walks out. Which I was kind of surprised to see, because isn't, no, never mind. I thought he was an AEW. No. I'm thinking of the other, yeah. So, then James Storm comes out, and, well, Homicide walks out, and then they just randomly cut to Josephus and James Storm just randomly fighting, and they cut to another commercial break. This was weird. I didn't, I didn't care for this segment. It seemed a little chaotic. I will. I'll say that. But yeah. I thought. I thought it was. I thought it was a good way to introduce the wild cards. I mean, the only one I was really out of the two. The only one I was even familiar with was um, Tom Latimer because he was Bram in Impact, and uh, he was also in NXT for a while. He ah. was engaged to uh, Charlotte of all people, actually, at one point. Oh, so he's a woman beater. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and then Eddie Kingston, uh, I've known forever because he was in, he's been all over the place. Uh, he had a really good run in Chikara, actually, in the earlier part of the decade. And then uh, Homicide, of course, is kind of an ROH and Impact legend person. Yep. So it was good. To, it was good to see him. Yep. So we could go. Is anything else? Oh, no, I was just going to say, and then Storm and Josephus ended up coming back. Yep, so, Josephus, it's James Storm now, they break away from them, they keep fighting, so finally, James Storm gets in the ring, and Josephus signals with his hands that you better put him behind your back, I'm not getting in the ring until you, you know, put your hands behind your back, so, James Storm actually turns his back, Josephus gets in the ring, and there's a match. So, Josephus versus uh, James Storm. The bell rings, and while James Storm stars his back to Josephus, he uh, stomps, try to scare him or something. So, then he takes a run. He runs at him. He gets hit with the last call super kick, and he's pinned in 20 seconds. That was not a very good payoff. Well, then we got a, another super kick, and then James Storm has made Joseph suck his thumb on YouTube. Yep, that happened. <laughs> <sighs> another promo video hyping up the main event Tim, of Tim Storm and Nick Aldis. Tim Storm apparently is a school teacher, a husband, and a grandfather. And on December 9th, 2017, Storm was defeated by Nick Aldis. Tim Storm then comes out and does an interview ringside with Dave Marquez. He puts over the NWA, being on at 6.05 every Saturday as a child. He talks about his 94-year-old mother. Storm has been wrestling for over 25 years, and he's held the NWA title for over 400 days. And he says, I'm going to quote a famous philosopher. And he quotes his most famous text of lose yourself. So, yes, Eminem is now a philosopher. 
Well, I would say that actually his most famous text is, uh, will the real Slim Shady please stand up? That could be. But uh, he said that his life has the most meaning or is the most important thing in his life is the NWA championship. So, yeah. So we then go to the ring. NWA World Heavyweight Championship match. The caveat being is if Tim Storm loses, he can no longer get a title shot. I'm assuming that's while Nick Aldis is still champion. I I don't know. I think they said ever again. They did say that too. So. uh, They both come out. So Nick Aldis comes out. There was no music, no intro music, no intros of any kind. They were just right there. This match is a one fall for 60 minutes time limit. Tim Storm is introduced. Nick Aldis isn't introduced. Our ref for the night is Brian Hebner. Um, if Storm wins, he will eclipse his own record of being the oldest NWA champion at 53. Uh, both men exchange punches in the corner. Aldis is knocked outside the ring. And Storm continues attacking on the outside. I noticed that there were no mats on the floor. Just a black, uh, hard floor. Storm isn't thrown into the ring post by uh, Aldis. Back in the ring now, Aldis hits a running elbow drop for a one. A long sleeper hold is put in by Storm to slow things down. As the crowd tries to will Tom Storm on, or sorry, Tim Storm on. Finally, Storm is able to get out and back to his feet to break the hold. But Aldis just hits another sleeper hold. But it doesn't last too long. As he runs Aldous' face into the turnbuckle. And now Storm has a second wind. And hits a big boot on Aldous. Aldous goes for a figure four. But uh, Storm is able to counter that into a small package for a two. Storm then follows up uh, with a figure four of his own. And Aldous lays on the mat. So there's a couple kickout spots uh, at two. Aldis is eventually able to get to the ropes and break the hold. Aldis climbs to the top rope, but Storm cuts him off and hits a superplex on Aldis for a two count. Storm that climbs almost the superplex looked like uh, it was a little sloppy though, so it looked almost like a top rope brain buster by accident. Well, that I noticed like when Storm came off, like he nearly just kind of like stepped down and then kind of fell back, like mm-hmm. he almost landed on his feet, like. And I was like, oh, yeah, I got to fall backwards. Yeah, I didn't look that great. He gets a two count. Storm then climbs the top rope, which Jim Cornette's not- noted that he doesn't do that. And he hits a flying cross body block for a two. Uh, again, Storm climbs to the second rope, but misses a huge swanton, wiping himself out. Uh, Alderson goes to the top rope, hits a flying elbow to the back of Storm. And then a Kingsley Cloverleaf is locked on in the center of the ring. Storm starts to crawl, but Aldous drags Storm back to the middle of the ring. The crowd is trying to get uh, Tim Storm uh, wheeled up again and get him going again. 
And Tim Storm is eventually able to crawl to the bottom rope and break the hold. Storm slides out of the, uh, out of like a power slam or something. He just kind of slides to the back. And he pushes Aldous into Brian Hebner. So Hebner is kind of knocked down or kind of like checking on himself. He hits a low blow on Aldous and then hits the perfect Storm slam, which uh, I can't think of. It's basically the boss man slam yeah. or the black hole slam. From That's Abyss. what I'm thinking of, the black hole slam. So, the bag of ham. Yes. So he gets a near fall from the perfect storm. Uh, they then both climb to the rope again. And they hit a headbutt. Uh, Camille then kind of stalks storm. But Brian Hebner is paying attention. Aldous goes for a clothesline, but uh, Storm ducks, and Camille is uh, clotheslined instead. Uh, back in the ring, Storm goes for a suplex, but Aldous rolls up uh, Storm for a small package and picks up the win at 12 minutes and 14 seconds. So this was our main event. Had the most time. What did you think of this match? I thought it was okay. Uh, actually, it was more than that. It was pretty good. Um, but Tim Storm is showing his age as a performer. Um, not flexible at all. So the cloverleaf kind of looked crappy. Uh, almost tripped on all of the top rope moves. Uh, the cross body block and the superplex like we mentioned. Um, Nick Aldis is a much better, more seasoned performer. And um, he he carried Tim Storm here, I felt. Yeah, I mean, I'd give it like a two, maybe two and a quarter. It was good, though. I mean, it was not a bad match. Uh, I liked what they did after the fact. So this is probably my favorite segment of the entire uh, evening. So the crowd chants NWA as Aldis walks over to Joe Galley to do an interview. He puts over Storm as authentic. And he says that he's a hell of a man and a hell of a champion. He, he uh, then asks Camille about the clothesline. And she's silent. And Aldous answers for her. And Gally says, well, she can answer for herself. And she again stays silent. And she goes, well, how is it? How is it, you know, being celebrating this win with, with Nick Aldous? And again, she's silent. And then finally, Aldous grabs the mic and says, why don't you ask me? Why don't you ask me how I feel? So now they're playing. She was like holding her shoulder the entire time and kind of giving like Nick Aldous some like a dirty look. Like, I can't believe you hit me. But right. uh, he just kind of grabs her and walks off as the show ends. So now there's some tension between Camille and Nick Aldous. And this being because... Apparently, she has been instrumental in helping Nick Aldis get victories to retain his championship. And now Nick Aldis is kind of getting full of himself. So, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. We then get a uh, credit roll. So, that was NWA Power. Uh, what did you think overall? I thought it was an interesting experiment. Um, I would like to watch more of this. 
and and see where it goes, whether storylines will develop more. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, with the hour that they had, they used their time well. They used it to build up the one big match that they had during that show. Mm -hmm. And then the other matches were mostly just squash matches to build up certain competitors yeah. and things like that, which is kind of what the old NWA show was. So, you know, it's a yep. formula and it works. So well, there you I go. thought it was pretty good. So it seems like they're going, they're taking this on the road because during one of the commercial breaks, they were like, Oh, NWA is back in Atlanta on like December 14th through the 16th. So I'm wondering if they're taking this on the road or if they just shot like a bunch of episodes, you know, three or four in a row. It seems like they probably just did a whole bunch of episodes in a row and now they're going to release. They have, they'll do like maybe two or three in a, in a showing and then they'll release those two or three episodes and then do more. Gotcha. Oh, I think they should just do it weekly to be honest. I mean, Probably, but I think it probably costs them the same amount of money to get the place for a for a day. Oh no no no! no. Then... I meant I meant yeah I meant just releasing them. Yeah, I'm all about like hey, maximize your time. If you've got oh, the okay. facility rented for a day or two, fuck, cram as much as you can in there because, you know, get your money's worth. But you think they should just release them like a Netflix type thing, and then people can binge watch it? No, I think they should do weekly. Oh okay. Yeah, I don't think you should do. I I kind of feel like you don't get the oomph, you don't get the impact. Uh, pardon the pun, for you know, uh, doing those kind of Netflix style, because it's like you could just move on to the next thing and move on to the next thing and just move on to the next thing. Like you start to forget. It's like when I watch like any TV show, where it's like I have the option to to you know marathon it. I can plow right through it, but I'll miss bits and pieces or not realize the impact of things and just move on. Well, I do get the overall story enjoyment and all that. There is something to be said that, hey, I got to wait a week. Man, they left on a cliffhanger or whatever. I wonder what could happen. And you kind of think about it throughout the week. So when the next week rolls around, you're like excited again to watch. I, You know, I'm actually kind of surprised. I didn't, like outside of the whole tension thing with Camille, there really wasn't much other than, hey, the women's champion is going to be fighting next week. Yeah, it will be interesting to see. I, I Allison K, I think is the name she's going under right now. Yep. She used to be C Sienna in Impact. Oh, okay. Um, so there's a lot of like former Impact TNA stars mm -hmm. here. Uh, I don't necessarily think that that's a bad idea because these people do have name recognition and people and TNA started off as an NWA product to begin with. Yep. So I think, I think that's actually not a bad idea to have these uh, former impact stars kind of being your main event here. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I don't know. I think the next episode is going to be coming out on Tuesday this week. And so it will be interesting to see kind of work yep all right well uh yeah that is that i'll definitely check out episode two see where this goes and uh we have been releasing stuff like crazy uh just yesterday we released our uh, aew episode two review uh we released 
our WrestleMania 21 review. Uh, now we have this. And we got all kinds of stuff coming down the pipeline. We got Super Juniors. It's the best of Super Junior. Jacob, 95. Um, kind of slogging my way through that. It's a very good show so far. And uh, got to get started on WrestleMania 22 and all kinds of good stuff. Comment Big down time. Below. Yes. So. And, and of course, our next episode of AEW as well. Yes. Yes. So look forward to all that in the coming weeks. You'll probably hear this and AEW more than our other things just because it's so long. But uh, leave us feedback, reviewmania at gmail.com. If you found us through iTunes, awesome. I have found that it's very, very tough to find us through iTunes. Uh, but if you just put in our email address of reviewmania at gmail, We'll pop right up. We are findable. It's just, unfortunately, I picked a lot of common words, and uh, it's not a very unique uh, podcast name. But you can find us pretty simply. Uh, I, I know in the Downcast app on the iPhone, uh, I searched for Review Mania, and we popped right up. So, yeah. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. Reviewmania.com. There you can find all our past episodes. And uh, see you soon. Bye.